I got to get set up here because Aaron didn't set it up for me. So. All right, guys. How's everybody doing? Good? Good. Uh, one second. <laughs> All right. As Aaron said, uh, my name is Austin, and uh, I'm excited to be here sharing this little story. Uh, just kind of a big thing that Christ has done in my life lately. And uh, if you don't know me, you probably see me around. Maybe I haven't had a chance to talk to you, but uh, I think I've been here since pretty much day one. My wife, Samantha, and I started meeting with Aaron and Carrie around their kitchen table. I don't even know how many years ago it's been so long, but 22 years ago. <laughs> and so I'm really, Aaron and I had a talk, talk about this that he, he thought after about seven years he was finally ready to cut me loose with a mic <laughs> in front of you guys. So I appreciate the seven-year waiting period. Um, so anyway, I'll get on with my story. So last fall, uh, last, last fall, I felt God moving me towards something new and away from something old. Uh, you see, about three years ago, my faith in Christ was broken. I had come to a point where I had deconstructed many ideas about God that I'd held on to and wasn't sure what I believed anymore. For at least a year, I was probably agnostic at best. I kept a lot of this to myself, mainly out of the fear that if I shared it with other people, I might cause other people to question uh, the things that they believed in. But thankfully, uh, God wanted me to walk through this with community, wanted me to walk through this in community. And uh, during this process, I had several people in this community come alongside me and encourage me, listen to me, and pray for me. And through God's grace and his church community, Christ pulled me through this season of doubt, nihilism, and cynicism. I wasn't sure what the next steps for rebuilding my faith were, but I was embracing the simpleness of Christ's message and the deep mystery that encircled it. After that difficult and cleansing season of my life, I felt God urging me to do something for his church. I wasn't exactly sure what it was or what it was going to look like, but I knew that it would involve the men of our church gathering together. Deep down in my heart, I could still feel the need for encouragement. I'd been on the receiving end of encouragement, and it did wonders for my soul. And I thought that if I was feeling this continued need for encouragement, there were other men in our church that were feeling it too. On a whim and with a pseudo mission, uh, I took a walk one day from my apartment down towards the living room in downtown Silver Spring just to see if anybody was around, but secretly I was just hoping Aaron would be there because I, I had things on my heart that I wanted to share. And uh, of course he was because that's the way God, God had it planned. And so we began to talk about the ideas that God had placed on my heart and what I was going to do about it. Collectively, we brainstormed and came up with an idea for a men's retreat. So like all new ideas and plans, after the excitement had wore off, it was time to get to the nitty-gritty and get this thing off the ground. So over the, over the next month and a half, God moved within Aaron, Tyler, and myself uh, by providing many great ideas to explore for the retreat. Again, this idea of encouragement kept coming up over and over in my mind. I knew we needed it, and I knew God was waiting for us to come, in, come and receive it from him. So to get the ball rolling, I kind of borrowed an idea from a blog that I follow. I thought this um, website uh, provided great content for men, and it was called Art of Manliness. Some of you may have heard about it. 
the mission of this blog was to provide content that encouraged men to become better husbands, fathers, brothers, and citizens. Aaron and I loved the idea so much that we just went ahead and co-opted the name and called the retreat Art of Manliness because we're just that creative. Uh, so um, it took a little time to figure out exactly what we wanted to say on the retreat and what we felt, where we felt God had w- wanted us to focus. But after some time, uh, these three distinct challenge statements became clear to us. Uh, these challenge statements were not meant to be mastered over the course of a retreat weekend, but over the course of a lifetime, as long as we continue to press into God and to what he was saying through them in our everyday circumstances. So these three challenges that we emphasized on the retreat, and if you're on the retreat, you probably heard them a few times and maybe you forgot about them, but I'll just remind you of them again. But we wanted to encourage men to be strong, to be useful, uh, to be willing to live a strenuous life in a world full of ease and comfort, and to be known. I could easily spend hours talking about each of these statements. However, the goal of this retreat was just to start thinking about these challenges and how Christ wanted to use them to bring about small changes in our lives that can compound over time. So last December, after all the planning was finished, we ventured out to the wild mountains of West Virginia, where our majestic log cabin awaited us. (laughs) We were greeted by breathtaking views of the mountains, clean, crisp, fresh air, and a fire pit. And yes, grown, civilized men still love to play with fire. During the retreat, uh, I believe we were greatly encouraged as a group. Christ's spirit was so present that weekend. Many of us that didn't know each other very well grew closer and new friendships were forged. During our breakout sessions, we prayed for each other, spent time telling one another the things that God has placed on our hearts over the weekend. We gained more clarity of who we are in Christ, One of the great quotes that Ben, our speaker, used frequently during the weekend uh, was to say whenever we're praying and just kind of meditating on on who we are as children of of God and from a man's perspective was just to say, I am a son, I am loved, and you are already pleased with me. Our, Our strength to live out these three challenges comes from Christ and who he says we are in him. Our excitement from the retreat ended up overflowing after we returned home. In search of an outlet to continue the conversation, together we created the Restore Monthly Men's Gathering, which some of you may know about. Uh, We meet once a month at the living room where we have good conversation, share what God is doing in our lives, and pray for each other. We have seen God continue to move in the hearts of men in our church during this time that we have set aside to gather. I'm already getting excited for the next men's retreat that we have planned for November of this year. I'm excited to see what else God wants to accomplish through our church community. If you haven't been to a men's gathering, please join us. I believe God uh, wants to use this community to encourage, uh, encourage you to live out the life he has for you. If, you. if you have any questions about the men's gathering or need encouragement to live out the story that God has for you, come join us and we would love to have you. Thank you. And I'd like to introduce uh, Jeff Otis. He's next in line. Let's give it up for Jeff. All right. So yeah, for those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Jeff. I've uh, been around Restore for a little over five years now. Um, And so seen a lot of different uh, people and a lot of different places and 
kind of been this community has been a such a huge part of my life for really the whole time that I've lived in Silver Spring. Um, and I want to just take a little bit of time today to tell a real quick story of um, something that happened in our missional community that I think does a really good job of illustrating the uh, the parable of the mustard seed, something that was just kind of a, a small idea that kind of rolled into something that, that is a lot bigger and actually I think will continue to grow and continue to, to bear a lot of fruit. And uh, so, yeah, it, it all basically started... I guess a few months ago now, in uh, I think the end of February or something, we had an idea where we wanted to basically find a way to just bless some some people um, in in our community in Silver Spring that uh, were outside of the Restore community. So um, we we met at one of our MC gatherings and brainstormed a little bit, and we we came up with the idea to try to put together a few items that that we could hand out to some of the homeless around Silver Spring. Um, and so from there we were like, okay, we'll, we'll spend a little bit more time and, uh, maybe come up with a list of items and assign some, some people to, that can volunteer for different things that they want to, want to purchase or acquire. And I think in, in my mind, I was kind of thinking, yeah, we'll, we'll probably, we'll all bring like one thing and, and then we'll all basically put together like a bag and, and then we can all take one bag and pass it to one person and maybe interact with them to, you know, uh, talk with them, maybe take them out to dinner or something, and um, and then that will be that, and it will be cool. And but people were people ended up uh, thinking a lot bigger, um, think thankfully, and God had a lot more in in store than just that that little vision. And so um, we we uh, we kind of continued to plan, and we we set the goal to to try and put together a hundred of the of these care packages. Um, which I'll admit myself, I was at the time I was like that. That seems like too much. That's I don't I don't know that we can <laughs> get a hundred of the types of items that we're wanting to acquire. But you know, uh, people like uh, Brett and Andrea and um, Amy Dittmer really kind of helped push things forward and helped motivate people. And and uh, and so, um, anyways, we. Uh, a, a, a couple months passed, I guess, and we hadn't quite gotten everything together, but we had talked a lot about it. And, um, you know, from, from my perspective, I was kind of thinking, man, we've, we've talked so much about this. It's kind of just stalled. It's, you know, not a lot has been happening and we maybe gathered a couple of things, but, um, and it kind of, it kind of felt like a little bit of a failure on my part. Like I was just, man, this doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. We spent a lot of time talking and then, um, you know, we, we kept with it. We kept talking about it. We kept pushing forward. And then, um, eventually, I guess two weeks ago now, we finally got everything together. Um, and we all got together at, at Amy, Phil and Amy Dittmer's and they hosted and everybody brought the stuff together and we, we ended up packing a hundred bags. Um, and I'll, I want to read through the things that are in, in all the bags. Cause I think it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, we, we ended up with a hundred bags that each have a pair of socks, some wet wipes, um, some lip balm, beef jerky, breakfast bars, a $5 McDonald's gift card, shaving cream, razors, shampoo, body wash, lotion, toothbrush, toothpaste, and then we threw a, uh, claim business card in there as well. <laughs> um, not to mention, uh, Amy Dittmer's Jolly Ranchers. We also, we also had some Jolly Ranchers. Um, and so... 
this is where we are in the story now, but I think what's even more exciting about this is that this is, this is kind of the setup for what, what will end up being much, much bigger, and we haven't even started pa passing them out yet, and, and we've, um, so I, I think that there'll be a lot of fruit that comes with it, and, and much more interesting stories than this one about how things just kind of came together and, and kept growing and growing, so I don't know about you, but I'm really excited to see what happens. <laughs> And if any of you are, are interested in, in taking one of these to be able to pass out, um, I haven't talked with the rest of the group about this, but I think we've got enough that, that if anybody wants to grab one, they can take one of mine, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Hi, I'm, I'm Christy. Um, I have two children who are downstairs in Kid City, um, Tyler and Sydney. Tyler is, involved, is part of my story. Um, and the story that I have actually is about um, how God surprised me um, with kind of the scope of what he is capable of doing. About a, it was about a year, a little over a year ago, I started really thinking about how I could love my neighbors, my actual living next to me neighbors. I was really thinking about what that meant to be planted by God in a particular place. And I prayed about it a lot. And because I'm prone to try and overdo things, um, I was thinking, you know, big scale. And, and one day as I was, as I was praying, um, I felt what I believed was the nudge of the Holy Spirit, that small voice and it said, you should ha throw a pancake party for the kids at the bus stop in your yard. <laughs> I thought, that's strange. <laughs> okay. Um, so I thought about it. I, um, I socialized it with my son um, because they were uh, kids at his school. And uh, the background to the story is that he never liked to ride the bus. Um, you know, he said he would get um, car sick, but I think he just didn't really fit in. He didn't feel like he felt he didn't feel like he fit in well with the the kids who were at the at the bus stop, and so I was actually kind of skeptical that he would be interested in doing this um, on the last day of school. But he seemed okay with it, so we got up really early. Um, well, let me back up. We prayed a lot about it over the next few weeks. I really thought, is that's it? Just a party um, in the yard with pancakes, um, but. But we did it. We got up at 5 a.m. that morning, the last day of school. We passed out we printed out invitations. We passed them out, you know, feeling kind of dorky. <laughs> um, and, uh, and we got up at 5 a.m. We, we baked trays and trays of pancakes. And um, by 8.15, I had 40 kids in my yard eating pancakes, playing, you know, can we go outside in your, can we go in your backyard and, and play in your swing set, like that kind of stuff. And I got to visit with the moms who came over to see, like, what is this pancake in the yard party about? Um, and that was great. But the way that God really surprised me in this story and the, the way that he opened my eyes to how he works is at one point I looked over and I saw my son and he was sitting at the table and he was eating with some, some boys and laughing and seemed like he was having fun. And then um, after, 
after the after the kids got on the bus, Tyler stayed behind and helped me clean up. And he looked at me and he said, that was really fun. I met some really cool people. I think I might actually take the bus more next year. And it was like, oh, I get it. This was never about me serving for God. This was about God inviting me into his story to show me how much he loves all of us. And, and ever since then, I've, I've really thought about every single invitation that he whispers to us, do this, come join me on that, you know, through other people or, or whatever. And, and, I, and I think, yeah, that's, that's what that is. That's him inviting us to his show. And so it's just changed the way I looked at it. My name is Samantha. I'm seriously nervous. <laughs> I don't do well with public speaking, but I'm gonna try my best today. I'm a crier, <laughs> so excuse me. So, um, I started coming to Restore Church in August of 2016. It was a really dark point in my life. Everything seems hopeless. I know sometimes we hear, I'm sorry. <laughs> sometimes we hear people say they've reached a dark place and we wonder what that means. Like, how do you get to a dark place? I know what it means to get to a really dark place. And that's where I was in 2016. I stopped going to church because my church was a big part of the reason why I was, well, I thought I was in that place. Everybody had taken sides because of some choices that I'd made. And I was just tired of the sneers and the stares. And it seems like I was the hard man out. And so I just stopped going. But I grew up in the church. I got baptized when I was 10 years old. And so I knew God. And I knew that if you're a Christian, you need to fellowship with God's people. So I started searching for a church to attend. My kids and I, we made a list of churches that were close to the metro, and we checked all of them out, and we found Restore. And we chose Restore because it was so different from what we were used to. I really loved McGinty. I liked the dim lights, the worship songs, the ability to sneak out at the last, you know, the last song comes on and you sneak out and nobody notices. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. My kids, they loved Kid City. Usually we go to a traditional Afrocentric church and the services are two hours and they have to sit through it. And then here they come, Kid City and friends, and they loved it. And so they would say, Mommy, Mommy, let's go to the church. You know, that one where it's a little dark, and we can go and play. <laughs> so 
so we came to restore. And I remember the first time I met Aaron. I put in a connection card, and he sent an email. Which are sucking. I'm like, oh, the pastor is replying to me in less than a week. But he did. And we spoke, and I said to him, I'm in a bad place, and I just want to be restored. I'm not trying to join a group. I'm not trying to work in the church. I'm not trying to go to the events. I just want to come to Sunday worship. And he was really blunt. <laughs> he said, that won't work. He totally rejected my idea. He says, no, that's not how it works. You know, in order to be restored, you need to be around God's people. You need to be in fellowship with God's people. And if you know Aaron, you know him. He's always talking about breaking bread together, eating together. <laughs> There's no way you're going to sneak out of McGinty's every Sunday and not meet these people. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And so I started coming. I remember, I remember being reminded of Hebrews, where it says, do not forsake the coming together of yourselves. Do not forsake God's house, but remember to come together to help lift each other, to encourage each other. And when Heron was so blunt, I remember how blunt he was. It reminded me of the writer in Hebrew. He wasn't just saying we should go to church. He was, the writer was saying to figure out ways to rekindle our desires by being with each other, by doing good works, by encouraging each other, and so that no one walks away from Christ. He was telling us not to turn our backs on the church and on the importance of the church's togetherness. And so I came to Restore, and I started coming every Sunday, and I started going to MC on Friday nights, and it was... I was so welcomed, and it was that reception of me that told me that I'd found something different and that it was worth exploring. And ever since then, I've been learning about the importance of community and what it means to be loved by God and to know that he already loves me and I do not need to earn his love. I can remember being in women's Bible study with Carrie, and I was sharing something and she sat back in her chair and she says, we do not have to earn God's love. God already loves us. He loved us from the beginning of time. But the place that I was in, I thought I needed to earn his love back. But they encouraged me, all the women in Bible study. And there are two things. Like I can stand here and I can tell you about claim with Brett and how they supported me when I was fighting for custody of my kids. And I can tell you about Aaron and how he helped me to buy a car. And he took his Saturday off to help me negotiate the best deal. And I can tell you about the people in Huddle who, although I'm so shy and I'm such a crier, they still welcomed me every Friday. And I'm, I remember telling Aaron that, Crying is a sign of weakness. And I remember him saying, no, it's not. He was like, no, it's not. And I told all the people in Huddle, I'm a crier. And they accepted me anyway. Like, they never, like, think, like, it's weakness or, you know, you shouldn't be crying so much. And so I learned two things being in Restore this past year. And these are the two constants that I hear every time I come. Firstly, 
God's love is not something you earn. I grew up in a traditional church where my mindset was, if I prayed more, probably God would love me. Probably if I read my Bible more, he would love me. Probably if I stayed in this abusive marriage, just stick it out. God will love me because divorce is wrong, right? I should just stick it out and God will love me more. But when I came to restore, I was reminded that God doesn't work that way. He already loved me. It says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever, whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And in Romans 20, when Paul tried to de- talk about justification and to declare God's love, he says, you do not get God's love through your works. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. God's laws let us know where the boundaries are, but we can't earn God's love. That's not the way it works. The boundaries are not in place to help us earn his love, but more so to help us, to keep us safe. God's love cannot be earned. I hear it from Kerry. I hear it from the woman when we go to huddle and from Aaron and from just being around all the other people in our other group. The second thing that struck me is the belief in loving people. If you come to Restore, you will hear about community. You will hear about breaking bread together and loving our neighbors regardless of who they are, where they've been, and where they're from. And this love, this constant love and accepting others and just loving people for who they are has stuck with me. And it has helped me to look past the stereotypical ways that I saw people and to only see God's people. Because of this, I've ministered to people in ways that I never thought possible because I'm so shy. Like I would never walk up to a Muslim-looking person or somebody and like say hi or pray for them. But because I'm constantly hearing about community and God loves all people, I restore. I've been able to do that. I've hugged and prayed for strangers on the bus, in the store. My boss actually came to me the other day and she's like, Samantha, come here. You're a Christian, right? You're the only one I can call. Come on, we need to go pray for this person. And I was walking up the hall like, what? Okay. (laughs) But I went and I prayed and I prayed. And this is something that I would never have done before. I shared a story with our other group of the Indian woman who stopped me in Target. And she says, do you like this vase? And I said, yeah, it's beautiful. She's like, should I buy it? I'm like, yes, you should buy it. But she seemed to want to keep on talking. And usually, being who I am, so introverted, I would have quickly walked away. But it was one of those Sundays when Aaron had just done preaching into us about community and loving people. And I was all pumped up. So <laughs> I kept on talking. And she started sharing with me about the problems she was having with her husband and how she felt powerless. And I remember saying, I don't know how to help you, but I know Jesus and I know how to pray. And I said to her, can I pray for you? I'm not, I don't want to cause any offense. And she said, oh, I know your Jesus. I've heard of your Jesus. And we hugged and we cried and we prayed in the middle of Target. 
I would never have done that before coming to Restore. My natural instinct is to run, to avoid, and to shun. But I've prayed. I now know it takes a willingness to see and act on the needs of people around you, to rid ourselves of the preconceptions we've had about people, and that is one way that we're going to become better Christians as we work for Jesus. If I could leave one thing with you today, it's this. God loves you, absolutely, indescribably. You are adored beyond measures, no matter what you do, no matter what choices you make. And importantly, no matter what or who you are or where you have been. If you have ever thought of God's generous love or that he's been generous towards you, then you can believe that when he looks at you with all your baggage, all your junk, all your hang-ups, he says, I want to be generous to you. I can't wait to pour out on you that which will make you happy. Not because you deserve it, because I really don't deserve it. Oh, you don't want to hear about my life. But because there is something about who he is that loves to overflow in extravagant ways upon you. And that's the message that I've heard at Restore. And that is why I am Restore. And I am still working to be restored. Please continue to pray for me. I love Restore. Thank you.